Hey, my name is Dr. Brendan McCarthy. I'm the Chief Medical Officer of Protea Medical Center in Chandler, Arizona. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Uh, today we did an episode on uh, men and uh, testosterone because that seems to be a, a popular subject. And, and where I got this was I was online and uh, just kind of scrolling along uh, even my Facebook feed of, of all places. And I saw this ad for, uh, you know, testosterone uh, benefit for men. And it was advertising this thing that said uh, tablets that stimulate your body's own natural testosterone production without the painful injections, messy creams or side effects associated with testosterone treatments. I was like, what is that? How can you do that? What is that? So I clicked on the link and it ends up being Clomid. What is Clomid, you know? And why are they using that for testosterone for men? Good questions. The thing about Clomid is you may have heard about it for fertility treatments. Um, this is one of those things it was being used a little excessively, I would say, in the 90s. And you started seeing people with like, you know, a lot of children coming out of one, you know, one pregnancy. And that's when they were doing a lot of heavy fertility treatments where they were kind of being a little imbalanced with the amount of Cloma they were using, or maybe the uh, trigger shots, whatever they're doing in there, they're getting a lot of kids out of it. And that's why you'd have people have like, you know, six, eight, 10 kids, you know, <laughs> then they make TV shows about them. So uh, Clomid is that medicine. It was very popular. What, what is it? Um, let me start by saying this. Um, Clomid uh, came out of research done about something called uh, triparanol. And that's a synthetic cholesterol lowering medication that had really bad side effects when it came out 40 years ago. It was a terrible medicine to lower cholesterol and it caused so much harm. You know, it was removed from the market, but still they kept that same structural uh, um, uh, molecular structure, excuse me. And they kept adjusting it till they got some benefit from it. Now they tried doing something called uh diethyl uh, stilbestrol or DES. And I remember reading about that in med school, that was something that caused a lot of birth defects um, in the seventies, I think it was. And so that was taken off the market. So, so, okay. So two medicines now where Clomid came from are really bad medicines taken off the market. So just let's, let's go into there. These are not good things. Clomid really came from that research and it, it, it is uh, became popular in, in fertility because what it does, it goes into the brain and it kind of forces your body to secrete two uh, uh, signals from the brain to go down to the ovaries, or in this case, the testicles to a man. And one's going to be follicle-stimulating hormone and luteinizing hormone. It just jams that number up. So, so Clomid, it gets in the brain. It forces the brain to make way more of those stimulating messages to a man's testicles to say, we need more testosterone and we need more sperm. So that's what Clomid is. And again, traditionally, we use it more in women than in men. That doesn't mean it's not being used in men. Is it a good therapy for men? Let's go that one first. Yes and no. Yes and no. And I feel like I give that answer all the time. Yes and no. Why I'm saying that is because you go online, they have these advertisements saying, this is the way to go for testosterone. And so it seems like a blanket, perfect way of giving men testosterone without needles and without messy creams. It's, it's a good therapy when it's the right therapy. And my goal right now is to explain to you when it's a, the right therapy so that way you'll understand it. Because just in case you may be one of those people who's coming to terms with, should I use this medicine or not? I want you to know why it would work and when it would be best to use it. And when you should not use it or when it's not the best thing, in my opinion, to be used. So, testosterone. In women, like I said earlier, it's been used so much 
for fertility. It's a real popular one or has been in the past popular. I'm not sure about its current popularity in the fertility industry. I haven't really been tuned into that. And there's studies that show in women it leads to psychosis, um, depression, um, just overall mood changes. And that's not such a weird thing to think about it because it's one, it's effective in the brain, it's acting in the brain. And two, it's just ramping around those women. They're really ramping around their estrogen, really, really causing significant changes in estrogen. And if you remember a previous podcast, we talked about estrogen really does influence your brain chemistry. Too much is not good. Too little is not good. So if you're going to be throwing Clomid at it and just ramping up numbers, you're going to see some mental status changes there with those people. So in men, Clomid, since it hasn't been used as much or just hasn't been documented or eh, it's, there's not a lot of research. That's what that means. And since there's less research regarding the use of Clomid in men, there's a lot of guesswork. Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Some of the research we see, some of the case studies, some of the problems with it, you see things like mood changes as well as you do with women. You also see elevations in liver enzymes. You see changes in a patient's libido and some it changes with sperm count that are not good, the opposite of what you want. So we know Clomid has some adverse responses in men. We just don't know how much. And that is enough for me to be concerned when I prescribe it. I'm all over that with my cases when I do prescribe Clomid because I do prescribe. There are times I need to prescribe Clomid. I am just aware of how little research is in the area with men. I discuss that with these men. I spend a lot of time with them explaining to them what I would be concerned with and what we'd be looking for together. So that way, when we do use this medication, we all go in there understanding it and understanding the risks versus the benefits. So in women, when you give a woman Clomid, it really causes them to uptake and to generate more eggs. They recruit more eggs around the time of the follicular phase. So there's going to be more, more chances of, of fertilization of those eggs. In men, it really ratchets down on the testicles and says, make more sperm, make more testosterone. It's in a lot of ways, it's very similar. It it mimics the image in the brain of you are in complete andropause. You have no hormones. And so it forces your brain to say, we need those hormones. So it sends those signals down. So you see these big spikes in follicle stimulating hormone and big spikes in your luteinizing hormone with the goal of making sperm and making more testosterone. You think about it, That doesn't sound too bad. You know, I want there to be more follicle stimulating hormone. I want there to be luteinizing hormone because those things will, in the end, make more testosterone and get a better sperm count with these guys. It's just, it goes back to, again, my biggest concern with this. This is not a natural compound. This is a compound that came from a very troubled background. (laughs) Its parents were very troubled. You know, it's not, it doesn't have a good background, this drug. And when it's used it really should be carefully monitored because of the lack of research regarding men and the negative outcomes in men. Not enough. When I use it in my clinic, I never use it for a man just to replace his testosterone back to normal. When a man has low testosterone, it's going to be low for the rest of his life most often, unless there's something I could figure out was the cause of it. But just generally, when a man comes in, he presents with, with low testosterone, and there are no other causes that I can find, a lot of times it will not come back on its own. So when we do testosterone replacement therapy, we know we're going to be doing this long-term. Prescribing a drug like Clomid long-term has never been really monitored, excuse me, never been really researched 
with men. We don't know what it would be like for a man to use Clomid the rest of his life. There's never been long-term studies on it. Testosterone? Yes, plenty. We know about that. Also, it's a hormone your body normally makes. It's a biologically similar thing. Your body recognizes it. Clomid is not. Clomid is not. When do I use it in clinic? I use it for fertility's sake in men. When a man presents to clinic with a low sperm count, low testosterone, again, we try and rule out everything else we can. We want to find out why they're not generating sperm. We want to understand the, the, the background. But there are times when Clomid is indicated. I will prescribe Clomid in those situations to get a higher sperm count for those men. And it works. It works great. You know, you, you see really good responses. And it's not, nothing's perfect. Nothing ever will be perfect. But this is pretty good. So it's not a bad drug when it comes to that. And I'm not afraid of using that. In previous podcasts, I think it was one of my first ones, I talked about what's going on with testosterone deficiency in men. I talked about how that creates a lot of insecurity in us, a lot of insecurity in men. And whenever there's this insecurity in people, we can all realize this this is a fact of life. Whenever there's an insecurity, there's going to be someone trying to sell you something to help with that insecurity. The bad thing is, is like, it's not always guaranteed that thing is going to be helpful for you. When it's advertised like that, it's like a drug shopping for a patient, you know, and that's not right. When, when it's good with a medication, it's made specifically the choice to use it is made specifically with you and your physician based upon your personal needs. And a plan is made long-term to monitor it and care for you. That's the best. Coming in and saying, I just want to take this because I don't have to use creams, I don't have to use shots, and I probably don't even have to do lab work very often. And I don't have to be under direct observation. They just mail it to me on the internet. That's not the same. It's because someone's going to give you a, a prescription medication to change your endocrine system even for the better. You want that person to be present in your life. You want that person to have access to you and you have access to them. You want your lab work done regularly. I promise you that. You want to have good care because these things are not just benign and bland. These are prescriptive agents that have good and bad outcomes. That's why you need someone to be there with you, a physician to help monitor it. So Clomid is not a bad drug. And there are some wonderful stories of children being born to beautiful parents that only happened due to having Clomid. Clomid is not bad. It's just the way they're using it in these moments. They're trying to advertise it to make sales on something. Clomid is not a controlled substance. Clomid is not strictly monitored. And it can be prescribed pretty straightforward and easily and shipped around the country. And it's a good profit point for the person trying to move it. It's just not always the best way to take care of you. So if you see those ads, now you know how I feel about them. Um, I hope that helped. Please like, share, and subscribe. Every time you make a comment, we read it. And when we read it, it really helps inspire us to move this podcast in a direction that is of service to you. I'm not here for myself. I'm not here for some fancy. I'm here to be of service because that is 
what I love and, and I, and I get great joy in doing this work. So please like share, subscribe and comment and I'll see you next time.